else has experienced God's goodness, I dare you to open up your mouth and say something and put those hands together and give him praise. I'll say it again. If anybody else besides myself has experienced God's goodness, his continual goodness and kindness and mercy and favor, I dare you to open up your mouth and say something. Oh, I'm going to say it again. I want to make sure I'm in the right place. I said, if there's anybody else besides myself that has been the benefactors of God's goodness and continual grace and continual mercy and continual kindness, I dare you just to say something. Not because we've been so good. <laughs> Not because we've been so kind. But because of God's grace and his grace alone is the reason why we're here today. Come on to put those hands together one more time. Hallelujah. Well, good morning, Hopewell. Good morning to those online experience the hope at home, hope world experience, hope world everywhere. We're so glad that you tuned in today. Uh, we're so glad that you made your way out to the building to be a part of this worship experience. We are so glad that you are here once again as we've come with for one reason and one, one reason only and that is to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. Are you glad to be in the house this morning? Amen. Are you glad to be online this morning? Amen, amen. As we're making our way to the word of God, we uh, one thing that I want to mention to you, I've been talking about this for some time, but definitely want uh, as many that can and will to participate um, in our mid-year consecration starting next Monday through Friday. Uh, we will have our mid-year consecration where we're going to be praying and we're going to be fasting. The Bible is right. Some things, amen only come out through prayer and through fasting. Amen. So that's what we're going to be doing next week. Um, starting next Monday, we're going to have prayer every morning at 7 a.m. online and on the conference call. Um, and then we're going to come into the sanctuary. We'll be socially distanced and be safe with our mask on. And then we will pray in the sanctuary at 7 p.m. Um, each of those nights. Hear how it's going to go. Um, we're going to fast water only until 7 p.m. We're going to fast water only uh, until 7 p.m. This is the first time that I know of um, that we have done a straight fast with no no Daniel's fast, anything of that nature, just been water. So we're going to we're going to progressively work our way. Amen. To the direction that we desire to be. And so we're going to fast water only. Everybody say water only. Water only until 7 p.m. Somebody, somebody voice got weak and saying water only. Amen. Water only until 7 p.m. on those nights. So we're going to start again um, our consecration next Monday, August the 23rd, and we're going to go all the way to August um, the 27th. Our fast will end after corporate prayer on that Friday the 27th at 7 a.m. After that prayer call, um, that's when our fast is going to end. I want you to remember, man, during that time of fasting as we are turning over our plates that make sure that we're spending intentional time with God in his word um, that we're spending time with God in, in, in prayer that we're spending time with God in worship and that we're also journeying 
journaling and that God is, I believe that God is going to speak to us and reveal some things to us during that time. So write those things down that the Lord may be saying to you um, during that during that week as we are corporately praying um, and fasting. I've challenged our leadership team and I want to challenge our, our church as well to focus on this one question. I'm challenging myself with the same question. And the question is this, is there a habitual unrepented sin in your life? Is there, is there continual sin, sin cycles that you continually to see yourself in and sin that you have not, under, that you have not repented for, that you have not gone to God and acknowledged that you were wrong, that whatever way that you may be living, whatever it is that you may, be do, may have been doing is wrong and you're asking God for forgiveness and you're repenting, meaning you're turning to a different direction that would take you closer to the Lord. I want you, I want you because as we begin to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to reveal some things he's going to show amen it's easy for us to look at somebody else's sin but if we look at the man in the mirror amen holy spirit will reveal some things and show you some things about yourself um, that we need to go to god in to be able to deliver us um, and to be able to give us the grace to be able to break amen i'm excited amen i'm excited about it and all the lord amen let me say it again i'm excited about our time of consecration next week and what the Lord is going to do in us and through us. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Romans chapter 6. Thank God for our music ministry, our musicians. Amen. Our ushers. Amen. All of those media team that helps the whole world experience be what it is. Romans chapter 6. Amen. Verses 12 through 14, if you can stand for the reading and the reverence of God's word, we'll greatly appreciate it. Amen. So glad to see Brother Calvin Scott in the house this morning. God bless you, my brother. Amen. Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 14. Romans 6, 12 through 14. When you have it, say amen. If you don't, just say wait. Say wait on me, Reverend. Wait on me. Always good to have, amen. Evangelist Maxwell, amen, with us. So glad. That's my friend from Chi-Town, amen. I love it when she's here. She is a friend of a preacher. I tell you, she'll help a preacher preach, amen. Romans 6, 12 through 14 from the New Living Translation of the Bible, and it reads like this. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to your sinful Desires. That sounds real good. I'm going to read it again. Do not let sin control the way you live. Don't give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves to completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have a new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the kingdom of God's grace. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now for your word, the power of, the, your, of your word, Father God, and just how transformative your word is once we apply it and obey it to our lives. I pray, God, that we will leave here 
different than the way that we came. Father, you know where each of us are. You know what's going on in our lives. So I pray now, God, that you will be the lifter of our heads, that you will encourage us, that you will lift us up, Father God, that you will cause us to be attentive, that we can be able to hear what you're saying in your word, through your word. And it's through the precious name of Jesus we pray and all of God's people said amen, amen. Look across the room at somebody that you didn't arrive at the church with and just wave at them and give them an air hug, amen. A thumbs up, the Wakanda, whatever it is, amen. Let them know that you're glad. You're glad to see them. 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 We are in part two of our new series entitled Grace. Everybody say grace. Everybody say grace again. We're in part two of this series, and today I want to talk from the topic, you're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. We started this journey last week as we've been exploring God's grace, and thank God for his saving grace. Thank God for his amazing grace. Thank God for his sustaining grace that he has given us, his grace that empowers us, amen, to be able to live a life, to live in a way that is pleasing to God, that is pleasing to God. So we've been really looking at some foundational things, Evangelist Maxwell, just causing us to get back on track at what God says that sin is, because truth of the matter is, some of us have been conditioned to, have been conditioned to what, what our church has considered as sin, what our denomination may have considered as sin, which has led some to live a life lower than what God has called for them to live, because they've been living under legalism and not living in God's amazing and abundant grace and so I've come to realize being in church all of my life brother Ben I come to realize that some things that we have called the sin hasn't always been a sin it's just been some of our preferences of what you should or should not do but God has not really called it a sin and so we're looking at this to make sure that in our lives in our lives and in our walk with God that we are calling sin what God says is sin is so that we can relieve ourselves of the condemnation so that we can relieve ourselves under legalism and to be able to walk in the abundance and the fullness of God's grace. I'm telling you, once God's grace hits your life, you will live a different way. Oh my goodness. Your head might have been bowed down before. You might have been in your feelings a lot. But once you tap into, Deacon, that amazing grace that God gives us, then we can begin to live a new way and live a totally new life. Why? Because of God's amazing grace that empowers us and sustain us and enables us to be able to live a way that pleases him. Paul writes this, Paul writes this, Paul writes this, and he asks a question right in the beginning of chapter 6. He asks the question, he says, do we continue in sin? Do we continue to sin just because we have more and more of God's wonderful grace? Paul comes right back and answers the question and says, absolutely not. Just because we got more grace doesn't mean that we continue to sin. Doesn't mean that we continue to do exactly what we want to do, Evangelist Maxwell, to live the kind of way that we want to be able to live. No, now that we have grace, there ought to be a break from sin. There ought to be a change in our hearts. There ought to be that we realize that though we may be saved, though we may have been justified, but that we're still continuing to be sanctified, which is a progressive work of the Holy Spirit and God in transforming us to be what he desires for us to be and to live the way that he desires for us to be able to live. 
Now, I like it because Paul lets us know, he lets us know as he's writing in Romans, and if you look through all of Romans pretty much, he kind of alludes to the fact in letting, letting us know this one true principle right here from the beginning, that freedom from sin doesn't imply that we won't struggle with sin. Oh, 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 I wish I had a church here this morning. Let me say it again. That freedom from sin does not imply that we will not be tempted by sin and does not reply that we will not struggle with sin. Yes, we have a new life in Christ. Yes, we have grace. Yes, we have mercy. Yes, we have God's goodness and favor towards us. But as long as we are living here on this earth, we are going to struggle with sin. But the thing about it is that we don't have to fight the struggle with sin on our own. Now we have a new thing. We're no longer under the law. Now we have grace that enables us and empowers us to be able to live a life that's the displeases to God. We have grace now that enables us and empowers us to be able to break away from those sin cycles in our lives brings about a breach in our relationship with God that brings about that brings about conflict in our walk with God but just because we have this freedom now does not mean that we're not going to struggle with sin here's the reality of the matter is no matter how saved you are no matter how many no matter how many times you've been baptized how many different tongues that you speak in how good your dance is how good your shout is we are all going to struggle with some type of sin until we die and then we are glorified and then I, then the sanctification process it's over. We're all going to struggle with something. But once again, the good news is this, Lady God, that we don't have to fight this thing by ourselves. We have the Holy Spirit that lives within us. We have the Holy Spirit to walk right beside us, to empower us, to help us to fight off the sins that we struggle and fight with. I like, I like what Paul does, and I hope I'm not boring you all with this because this is good stuff. This is really good stuff that can help us to transform the way that we live, the way that we see. I like what Paul does in verses 1 through 11 because he talks about, I, I can't go all the way back because I got I to gotta be out of here by a certain time because COVID, I got us used to. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that, Sister Carrie. Don't do it. Don't do that to it. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that to me. But Paul goes in in verses 1 through 11. What he does is, I like what Paul does in verses 5 through 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 uh uh 3 through 11, what he does, he talks about this new. There's a newness that happens. Now, he talks about how, how Christ died and then we died with him as well. And we didn't just stay there for it. We just didn't, didn't just stay there. But we have now been resurrected and we have a new life. Now we have a new identity. He talks about baptism and he says how we were baptized in Christ. And what that really means, it lets us know that salvation does not come by through baptism. Absolutely not. But it's symbol is something that when the old man stands in that water and when that old man goes down in the water a new man comes up a new life that we have now a new life that we have now which leads us to this very important principle that you and I cannot forget because of our new identity we don't live in sin as we used to because we're, we are not we aren't the same person that we used to be because of us 
dying and the death and the burial and the resurrection now you and I have a new identity I told you last week that now we have been justified God being the judge looks at everything all of the evidence not that not that we're free all the evidence he sees against us and he brings us into his righteousness and then he calls everything for the case to be dismissed everything that can be charged against us that it can no longer be pulled up or seen again now we've been justified through Christ and now we've been sanctified through Christ and because of that saints of God we are to get excited that we have a new identity in Christ so that means that because we have a new identity we don't live in sin like we used to why because we aren't the same person that we used to be Here's what we try to do. We try to reform the old man and kind of keep the old man so that we can be able to have some of the uniqueness and the characteristics of the old man and want to adjust that and adapt that to this new life in Christ that we have. It don't work that way. It don't work that way. We have to get rid of the old man. The old man has to die. The old man has to be done away with. The old man has to be done away with. The old man has to be done away with because it will continue to trip us up and and calls us to stay in the same sin cycle over and over and over and over and over and over again. But we have a new life in Christ now. We have a new identity in Christ now. So we have to allow the old man to die. And there has to be a break. But what, because what confuses the world now, we say that we say, but our actions don't match up with what, what our profession is. Say you say, you say you love the Lord, you say that you have a new identity in Christ, but you're still in the same sin cycles, Brother Brian, that you were in before. Could it be, could it be that we're trying to reform the old man to adjust into this new life because we don't want to break away from the benefits that we've had with the old man because we realize in taking on this new identity in Christ means that there has to be a break up. in the church when the pastor talks about sin. Amen. Let me keep on talking then. Amen. That, 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 that we're trying to reform Deacon. Deacon Baker, we're trying, to, we're trying to reform the old man and God is saying no, no, no. There has to be a break. There has to be a cut. There has to be a breakup now. The old man would get us tripped up. The old man will cause us to think that I'm saved, Sister Cherie, because I'm coming to church. I'm coming to church. I'm showing up online. I'm giving. I'm serving. I'm doing all of those things, and those things are good and great, but it does not equate to salvation. There has to be a break that there is a change in my life that we can have. The testimony that says the things I used to do, I don't do anymore. Places I used to go, I don't go anymore, that there's been a change in my life. Life. Some things may happen automatically, and then there may be some other things that may, some, that may take some time. But thank God that we have his grace, that his grace is patient enough to walk with us, to help us to overcome the struggles and the fight of sin that we have. Oh, 
but it's, it's big, it's big, it's big and bold, it's big and bold. I told somebody this a few weeks ago that it is a personal commitment to live holy. 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 It is a commitment that you make that you want to please God. It is a commitment that you make that I want to live a life that is pleasing to God. I may love my pastor, I may love my church, but I don't have to give an account to my pastor or my church. I want to live a life that is pleasing to my God. And it is a commitment, a yes, Lord, every day. I know we say that in the Kojic church, but it's a yes, Lord, that you and I must confess every day that we wake up. Yes, Lord, I'm going to live for you. Yes, Lord, I'm going to say what edifies you. Yes, Lord, I'm going to act in a way that's going to bring you glory and bring you honor. Why? Because of a new identity that we have now. I don't, I can't live in sin as I used to because I'm not the same person that I used to be. And that's such, that's so that's so that's so dope right there uh, because because when other folks want to bring up your past and say oh I remember you was the biggest hoe in the streets out there oh I remember you was strung out begging me for Christ oh I remember you would fall out on the floor there was no party till you showed up and got drunk once you got tipsy the party got better oh and they can go back and here's the thing you can sit there and reflect with them and say you're right I acted a fool back then but there's been a change in my life life when I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into my life I gave him access to come in and to take over and to rule and to reign he's changing my heart he's changing my appetite I'm not what I used to be Oh, you can high-five them and let them know you are absolutely right. I know what I used to do. I know what I used to say. Oh, but when that man came into my life, oh, that was a wonderful change that Tremaine Hawkins talks about. Oh, that was a wonderful change. He's changing my entire life. But in order for that new identity to be able to fully manifest there has to be a breakup there has to be an end there has to be a death to the old Adam there has to be a death to the old man so that we can be able to experience a new life full of grace full of mercy Do I put an end to sin ruling? How do we put an end to sin ruling our lives? How? How do we do it, Pastor? I told you earlier that the, 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 the good news is there may be some things that we may break, that habits that may break immediately, but there may be some things that it may take a little time, and we may even we may even we may even go back sometimes to evangelism and dip back and and, and and step back a little bit. But that's where that's where I know I'm gonna use the curse word right here. This is where having a church family, this is where this is where being being a part of a, 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 a of a community can allow you to have, I know I'm about to curse right here, accountability. Oh God, I'm about to curse, I'm about to curse. That you have people in your life that you can be real and honest with and say, I'm struggling in this area of my life. And 
what they do is they serve. They serve as people that can be able to be in your business, not to be nosy, but to be in your business to help you to live a life that's pleasing to God and ask you the tough questions. Have you been checking out websites you ain't supposed to? Hey, I, I saw you over there talking to brother so-and-so. I saw you talking with sister so-and-so. What's your motive? Because your whole body changed when they came around. Huh? I saw a shift in how you move. You started picking up more chairs to show them how strong you were. I, I, I saw, I saw. What was your motive in the conversation? Someone that can be able to pull your coattail and hold you accountable. Like with my good friend and brother, I'm paraphrasing Pastor David Banger all the way in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I love the way he, he he's my wordsmith. If I'm trying to find a word, he helps me to be able to get a, a good definition. I asked him, wait a minute, how would you define accountability? And he says, he says, it's not someone that's against you, but it's someone that's walking with you. Oh, someone that's walking with you. That even in the struggles, when you mess up, they will challenge you. Don't you dare condemn yourself. Don't you dare stay right there. I want you to get up. Why? Because you got grace to be able to get up. I don't need you to stay in that mindset. Why? Because you got grace that can transform your mind. I don't need you to stay in that level of relationship. Why? You have grace that can be able to deliver you. We all need accountability. It does not matter how saved you are, how long you've been in the church what your title is. We all need accountability. I wish somebody online would say amen with the preacher today. Someone that walks with us, that we give them access to our lives to hold us accountable. It could be a simple thing. Hey, I want to do better with saving money. And you got somebody that's asking you, hey, 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 I saw you in the line. God help me at Dunkin' Donuts. I saw you. I saw you. Can I tell you what's going to be a struggle for me next week when we fasting? Showing up at Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, God, let me tell you something. Because the saints there, they're, they're saved over at Dunkin' Donuts. Because when they hear my voice, they know my order. They know, oh, no donut today, Chris. I said, no, no donut. I don't want a donut. God has given me so much favor. Sometimes, I don't know if they're doing it on purpose. I don't know if someone made a mistake in doing it. I can order a medium hot coffee with seven creams and three sugars, evangelists, and then I get that to the line, and they end up giving me a large, and the manager will come and say, no, 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 no. You got to add another. You have to add one more sugar in there for Chris because he likes four sugars with his large hot coffee. That's going to be a struggle for me next week, Grace, when I get up and go towards, I might just sit in the park a lot of Dunkin' Donuts and just look at people come by. I might just get in line to pay for somebody else's stuff to make it feel like I came through. Chris, you getting, you getting confident now? I'm just paying for somebody else. We're fast and mind your own business. I will see you on Friday at 720. It could be saving money and you're allowing access to somebody to challenge you on are you spending unnecessarily what are you doing let me help you get a budget accountability someone walking with you how do I put an end to sin ruling in my life we're not left alone Paul helps us look at verse 12 Paul helps us and we're headed to the gate if I don't finish today thank God for being the pastor I can finish next week here's what Paul says right here in verse 12 he's come out real simple don't let sin control the way that you live. Don't give in to sinful desires. 
In other words, Paul is saying real loud and proud, stop sinning. That's what he said. That's what he said. So how do I bring an end to sin and rule in my life? Pastor, here it is. Look at verse 12. Right here. Here. Don't yield to our sinful desires. That's what Paul is challenging us. And that's where we need grace to be able to help us not to yield to our sinful desires. Just because you're able to do it doesn't mean you should do it. Just because you can do it doesn't mean that you should do it. And let me help us out. Let me help, help us out real quick because we started putting sin in categories and stuff like that and we just focused on one main thing. When it comes to yielding, not yielding to our simple desires, it's not just sex. Because yielding to our sinful desires could simply be, hey, somebody entrusted something with me confidentially. It's burning for me to tell somebody else, but I ain't going to do it. I'm not going to break their trust in me because I can't keep my mouth shut. Not yielding to your sinful desire could simply be not lying about stupid stuff. Just tell the truth. met somebody that's a habitual liar and they just lie about dumb stuff? Like, why? 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 He says, don't yield to our sinful desires. And here is what will help us. This right here is what will help us not to yield to our sinful desire. We have to ask ourselves the question, ask ourselves this question. Is he our Savior and Lord or is he just our Savior? Because if he's our Savior and our Lord, that means, that means that there has to be, there has to be a surrendering and a submission that you and I have in our lives. That we're not just accepting his grace, his kindness, his goodness, and his mercy, but that we also have submitted ourselves under the Lordship of Christ. That we're surrendering our lives to him and saying, Father, you have access to every area of my life. My body belongs to you. My mind belongs to you. My mouth belongs to you. My family belongs to you. My money belongs to you. Everything I have is yours and I'm submitted under your lordship and let me help us out real quick. That's the issue that we face. Not with unbelievers. We would expect that but with born and washed believers in the house of God today that we want to accept him as our savior but we don't want to give up the rights of running our own life and we want to be saved and still do our own thing. We want to be saved and do what our body it's my body I can do what I want to but no as a believer of Jesus Christ we no longer have rights we don't belong to ourselves we have been bought with a price his blood paid for us Carrie and Kenny sometimes have the audacity to get to fighting over toys and stuff. This is my toy. I told you a few weeks ago, Kenny get real bold and go in her room and tell folks she don't want nobody in her room. She want to be by herself. Oh, and there's something that comes over me, Evangelist. I walk into the room and I say, hey, 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 all of this stuff is mine. 
wipes, pull-ups, dolls, all, all, all of the barrettes. I can't even wear them. Everything is mine. You are, you are, you are the pull-ups, all of it. I can't wear them, but I paid for them. And she's almost out of them. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. We are almost there. It's not enough to just accept him as Savior. Oh, but there has to be a surrender. There has to be a submission. And I'm not talking about a one-time submission because it's not a one-time surrender. It's not a one-time submission. This is a daily thing that we have to say, Lord, help me to surrender more today than I did yesterday. I dropped the ball on yesterday. I missed the mark. I missed your standard on yesterday. God, help me. It is an hour by hour, second by second, minute by minute that we're constantly having a dependency upon Christ to help us comes with surrender and submission. We want to be saved but still have control. We want to have the new identity but we want to be able to have compartments and make adjustments and make it fit what we want it to be. But it is Lord I submit. God I give you I give you I give you my take in thoughts that should not be there that don't bring you any glory that don't bring you any honor God I submit my hands to you all that I will do things with my hands that will bring you glory and bring you honor God I give you my body because here's what we've done thank you Holy Ghost here's what we've done even when it comes to sexual purity in church I saw this thread on social media and it blessed me I can't remember the guy's name but he knows who I'm God knows who I'm talking about so I give him credit for it. but we have done a disservice to people in the church when we deal with sexual purity and we tell them to save themselves for their spouse that's all well and fine but first it should be I'm saving myself to honor God with my body and my spouse will benefit from it but I'm surrendering and submitting my body to God first which means unless you are my husband or my wife you can't touch can't look can't see what you what you do can't do it. That we surrender and submit ourselves to Christ first. Why? Our desire is to please him. Our desire is to please him. Our desire is to honor him. happens because of submission and surrender. All the old saints had it right when they were singing those, singing those hymns. I surrender all. So it's a daily thing. An hour by hour, second by second, minute by minute, submission and surrender. Lord, I surrender. I know I jumped the ball yet, but Lord, I'm recommitted and I'm resubmitting today. I can hear, I can hear the late C.D. Jerfo singing, yield not to temptation. For, ye, for yielding is sin. And he said he would end it by saying he'd get a little, 
he get a little boost in his voice. And he would say, all you have to do is ask the Savior to help you. Confidence strengthen, and he will carry you through. He will carry us through. We can't talk about grace and not deal with sin. We can't talk about grace and not deal with submission and surrender. God has given us an amazing gift that we cannot earn, that we can't pay back, that we can't put payment plans on. A gift once and for all to empower us, Brother Brian, to live a life next week that focus that question that question that question ought to prick our hearts father is there any habitual or unrepented sin that I have in my life am I do I have a sin cycle that's repeated constantly over I'm in this thing I'm in this thing over and over again the cycle because it's it's scary, evangelists, to continue in a thing and no longer feel convicted about it. That's a scare. That's a, ooh, that's a scare. That's a, I don't even know if people get convicted anymore. I'd be asking, Lord, Lord, am I the only one that get convicted? I done said something. I'm watching my tone, how I said something. I don't have to go back and apologize. Is does anybody get convicted anymore? It's dangerous to continue in the thing and you're no longer convicted. Your heart is no longer pricked. We'll get in the routine of life. We'll get in the routine of church and just doing, 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 doing. There's no conviction. There's no... There's no pricking. There's no alert letting us know we're going the wrong direction. We're doing the wrong thing. Is there habitual unrepented sin in my life? For some, it's a sin cycle that you feel like that you cannot get out of. I thought for a moment in my life that I was going to struggle with porn forever. Because I didn't think I could get past. It was there as a tool for comfort. I didn't think I would ever be able to get over it. I tried on my own, but that didn't work because I fell back every time. I went back every time. But it was through accountability and grace. I remember the last time, I think I shared this before, last time, long time ago. Look at somebody trying to do the math. He's been pastor 10 years. He's been here 18 years. That's the, ain't none of your business. 
Let me tell my testimony. <laughs> I don't think I was pastor, but I was preacher, though. I think I was. Okay. I just take it in. And I tried. And let me tell y'all, computer and everything froze up. It had never happened before, and it never happened again after that. What was it? Holy Spirit intervened. And help me to do what I did not have enough power to do on my own. Is there habitual unrepented sin in your life that you need God's, need the Holy Spirit's help and assistance? And as holy as you may think that you are, you got something. You got something. It ain't my business. I ain't got to go home with you. I ain't got to do a, do a test with you. Holy Spirit to deal with you. And will shine the light on some stuff. And be like, oh, hey, 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 look, look, look at this right here. If you ask him, he'll show you. But what I love so much about him, he doesn't show you, to, he doesn't show us to condemn us. He show us to help us and he will grace us to be able to go in the way that we should go. That's why his grace is so amazing. That's why, that's why the late Mother Jesse B. Anderson, when we had communion, I almost dropped several trays because when communion came around, Mother Anderson and I cared that she had on her all white. When she saw that cup that represented the blood, a thank you would just go because she realized it was grace that has gotten her to where she is now. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that there will be a breakup with sin and, and the sin cycles that we have in our lives. God, I pray that we will embrace the new identity that we have in you, that we're not trying to reform the old man, we're not trying to conform the old man, that we're not trying to make adjustments, oh God, so that we can still be able to please our flesh, God. But I pray now in the name of Jesus that there will be a break. Cut some time. Father, we don't want to take your grace and mercy for granted. We don't want to abuse your grace and your mercy. But we want to take on your grace. Oh God, we need it. We need it. Father, we pray for our children, as they start school tomorrow, as our college students, as they return to classes tomorrow. God, we pray for your blood to cover. We do it every year, God, but we especially pray for your blood to cover as they're returning to in-person learning, Father God, in the midst of a global pandemic. God, you have not given us a spirit of fear. You've given us power, love, and a sound mind, and you've given us wisdom, Lord God, to operate in wisdom, Father God, to make the right moves, oh God, to, to protect ourselves and others. God, I pray now in the name of Jesus that you will protect every child from 
daycare all the way to college, Father God. We plead the blood of Jesus over them now. We pray that you will protect them, Father God. Holy Spirit, we pray that you will go into every space, every room, oh God, and cover with your blood, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father God. We plead the blood of Jesus over every teacher, over every administrator, over every superintendent, over every professor, Lord God, over every secretary, oh God, every cook, oh God, every janitor, every bus driver, Father God, every bus aide, God, we plead the blood of Jesus over them right now, God, that you will cover them in the name of Jesus, oh God, protect our babies, especially those, oh God, that, 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 that there's no vaccine for them yet, God, protect them, oh God, in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray that people, Lord God, will submit to the authority of the districts, oh God, that they will wear their mask, oh God, they will do what they need to do, Father God, to, to protect all of those there to keep them safe, Father. Cover them right now, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray for our world, God. This whole thing has become religious and political, Father God, when it's just a safety thing that we're trying to keep people safe. God, we need you to move and to rectify and to change some things around, Lord. But cover them now. Give our teachers patience with, patience with our kids. Let our children be ready to learn and to engage. Cover them right now, Father. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's people said, come on to put those hands together.